the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Well, Tyson, it's not often that the President of the United States declares your practice area to be illegal. Uh, Dan Kennedy has a saying where he, he talks in the context of employees that sooner or later they all go lame. But when he says that, he means that we all need to be ready for anything. And last night, the president sent out a tweet that he was temporarily stopping immigration to the United States. So it's, it's, a, it's a rude awakening in the morning. Of course, everyone's been, I mean, I've already gotten 12 emails about it. I'm sure our guest has too. So it's probably a good day to have Michael on the show. So let me go ahead and introduce him. Michael Urbina, immigration lawyer, Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you. It's an honor for me to be here. All right, Michael. So let's, let's hear about your journey. How did you get to where you are right now? And why did you choose the practice area you chose? So um, I'm from Puerto Rico. So Spanish is my, you know, native language. And the minute I always wanted to be a lawyer, just because my grandfather in Puerto Rico is like Mr. Law. He was a judge, a senator, a representative. There's literally a fountain with his statute in our hometown. So it's kind of ingrained that that's where I was going to go <laughs> to be a lawyer. But I, I never thought about immigration, honestly, until I did an externship with the Department of Homeland Security. And I realized how underserved this particular area is. And I just fell in love with the field. And that was back when the economy was also really bad in 2009, 2010. So I figured this was a great area to get started. And honestly, I just fell in love with it. It's, it's complex. And like what Jim said, you always got to be on the lookout for what's new. I thought that the biggest news that we were going to get yesterday was the governor of Georgia reopening the state starting this Friday, but then Trump tweets that he's making immigration <laughs> stop, you know, for the foreseeable future. So it's going to be an interesting day for sure. So yeah, I just honestly fell in love with the area. I started working with another small law firm and to be perfectly honest, being my own boss was like my biggest fear, but it just came to be to the point that I had to do that because I, I felt like I needed to grow for the sake of my family. My wife was working for Coca-Cola. I was super stressful. We had a daughter at the point and I just kind of had to jump in, you know, head first and learn, you know, how to swim in the process. And to this day, I still say it's my biggest fear, but at the same time, it's my biggest joy. So it's, well, aside from my family, of course, but 
it's been a good journey and I'm, I'm thrilled where, where we're going. I'm thrilled where we've been and I'm excited for the future. Michael, so talk to us about when you opened up your firm. What, talk to us about those initial days about, you know, finding office space, you know, starting to market yourself. What, what was going through your mind at that time? Well, honestly, just keep costs as low as humanly possible. So I found my biggest thing was trying to fight, figure out location. And I figured that there's a lot of immigration lawyers in Georgia and, you know, it's sort of a difficult area to practice just because the courts are so tough here. And I focus mostly on removal defense. So everybody would go to the east suburbs of the city. So I decided I was going to open up in the west suburbs. One, because it's cheaper, because it was closer to home, but because there was maybe like a handful of lawyers on that side. So I found the cheapest place possible. Unfortunately, it also included roaches. I kid you not, there were roaches crawling in my desk in the first week in a couple of consults. It was embarrassing, but uh, rude awakening at the same time. But it's it's cool war story at this point. But I just found, I think it was like $300 a month with like this super, you know, tiny office with like a three or four chairs in the reception. And then immediately goes into my area with my desk. And uh, I, I just wanted to make sure I keep costs low with marketing. Honestly, that's kind of been our biggest change. I, I never really did any marketing until really like 2017. From 2013 to 2017, it was all word of mouth. And I started doing radio shows and a couple of TV appearances and I got zero leads out of it. It was complete waste of money. And that's when I started thinking about doing something outside the box. And that's when I started doing more social media and a lot more like community presentations and whatnot. I was doing community presentations before, but not as intense as we are now. And honestly, that's where pretty much all our marketing is. I, I do TV now, but it's more like invitations because they want to talk about a particular topic but I don't pay a cent for that. It's just strictly, they invite me, I go, I talk about, you know, whatever the topic is. So it's free marketing in that sense. But yeah, for the first four years, it was straight word of mouth. No TV ads, no newspapers, no social media, nothing. It was all word of mouth. So Michael, I mean, I've noticed that you've, you've had this, it looks like a live show. I haven't had a chance to really watch it, but it looks like you've got this live show. So how, how's that working out for you? How did you get into it? And then how does how that working out for you? So, I guess about five months ago, well, two years ago, we started doing a lot of Facebook stuff, like a lot, a lot, a lot, because most of our clientele, they live and breathe Facebook. So we decided to do something more engaging and where we would host people at our office to talk about different topics that we're not necessarily super adept. So accountants, doctors, chiropractors, things like that, just to talk about what they know, obviously vetting them as much as possible, make sure that we're not getting some hack into our office but so we started calling it de la mano with urbina which is basically like holding you by the hand with michael urbina and literally we got new office space and everything because we needed to expand and the idea was to have a big lobby to host these events we got that office space in february and then march came (laughs) so we kind of had to put a stop to it until i told you know my brother who does our video editing we're gonna have to do them you know digitally I, i think this we still have to keep going We did one in February and people loved it. So this is the time to keep going. So we started doing, right now we did two last week. We did, we're doing one today and we're likely going to do one later on this week. So today we have a nutritionist that's going to talk about how not to eat yourself away while you're in quarantine or well now in Georgia, going back to all your favorite restaurants because you haven't had them in weeks. Uh, I had my mom who actually runs a nonprofit for um, sort of like mental health. They, They have a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists talk about 
the effects of people and how to make sure you keep your children sane during the quarantine. I had an accountant talk about the stimulus and um, PPP with small businesses. And so far, it's been great. The, the response has been actually better than our in-person event that we had in February. So I'm thrilled to keep it going. I'm trying to, it, it's hard to find new ideas or people that are actually sufficiently technologically savvy to want to join these things. But uh, I mean, so far, response has been really good. People really like it. And it's a good way to, you know, do something good, keep people engaged, but at the same time, keep your face out there and your name out there so people remember you and call you for any needs that they have. Michael, tell us a little bit about your firm setup, about your team and who's working with you and, and how you're sort of running your system. So my wife is my office manager. She, she actually has a master's in biochemistry, no management experience, but she is a perfectionist when it comes down to getting, you know, procedures and protocols because that's what she did for Coca-Cola. She worked in the lab doing like, you know, safety checks and taste tests and things like that. So she's actually been able to translate that into, you know, creating a good management system and a flow of how to handle everything. I have two of the lawyers that uh, work with us. Uh, we actually intended to hire another one here in the next month and knock on wood, we still intend to. And we actually have two law clerks, one of which just took the bar and hopefully she'll also, you know, pass and join our team as well. We have four paralegals and the rest are all administrative staff and legal assistants. So we have a total team of 15 in-person team and four virtual assistants that help us with different tasks around the office. So we, we try to do everything, you know, team oriented with regards to everybody has their own specific task as to how they handle everything. So everybody's sort of focused on one specific area of the process or, you know, we have a paralegal that focuses mostly on the removal defense aspect of it. And then we have another one that focuses on U visas and family petitions and things like that. And we have another one that is just this consular process guru who's been doing this for a long time. So she is my go-to person for everything. So we've compartmentalized everything as much as possible, but as a need basis, we kind of switch it around whenever, you know, if one area particularly starts, we start getting more consular process cases. So we'll switch people around and make sure that, you know, that area gets handled as fast as possible. So we, we've compartmentalized every aspect of running the firm and make sure that nothing falls through cracks or as much as possible, but at the same time that we keep everything flowing, you know, as, as efficient as we can be. Be perfectly honest, that's the one thing that I've been tweaking the most since joining Maximum Lawyer, just learning how to be more systems oriented and just getting down this, you know, well-oiled machine. And I'm happy and sad and everything you want to say to say that it's a work in progress. I think that it's something you always got to be working on, but definitely it's been the one thing after going to the conference that I told my wife, we need to get better at in our systems because we're, we're not bad, but we're not where I would like for us to be. So Michael, since starting your practice, what are some key takeaways that you've learned that people should always be doing? Because I know I, running a practice, there's a lot of things that, that go into that. There's practicing law, there's, there's you know, doing your bookkeeping, you're managing employees. Like, what are some things that you've learned that, that other people should be doing in their practice? Absolutely not being afraid to think outside the box. If there's one thing that every year or you know every month I would hear from colleagues that are in our field here in Georgia or in the Southeast is that they think that we're too different in the way we do things. Like a lot of people want to go, like I said, to the East suburbs. We, we're happy where we are. We're not moving over there. We're just going to stick to our location. There's also the ever ongoing debate about charging for a consult. We don't 
I completely respect and I get why you would do it. But I cannot tell you the amount of people that walk in our office that are actually good cases that the sole only reason that picked us at the beginning was because we were a free consult. And I can see how we can transition from that, but I've stayed true to that. And that's also almost been like a good marketing call for us that look, you lose absolutely nothing in giving us a call and trying to figure out what's wrong with you in your case or what we can do to better improve your case. And I think that's something that, you know, as new practitioners, a lot of times everybody wants to see what everybody else is doing. And I've seen that, especially in the last year, a lot of people here in Atlanta opened their practice and it's almost like clones. Like the logos look, look the same, the, the fonts look the same, you know, their, their mission statement and their call to the people looks the same. And that's the one thing that I had clear in my head. I'm like, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm going to jump in head first and, you know, do what scares me the most, then I'm just going to do it as different as possible. So it stands out in a good way. Of course, you don't want to be do anything super weird or anything, but you, you want to be able to stand out and literally everything I do, I try to make sure that it's different or differentiates us from everybody else. And I cannot tell you how many people I've seen try and fail or start, but kind of get stuck because they just have this inability to just be different or dare to be different because they think that they have to do it this certain way to be successful. I think that you need to make yourself stand out in a positive way, find ways to be different. And I think that's honestly the first step into being successful with a new practice. Just what's going to make you different. There's a lot of people out there that are going to be your quote unquote competition. So what are you going to do? to make sure that you, you stand out. Otherwise, you're just going to be another person on the local newspaper or on Google ads and whatnot. Everybody does that. So what makes you stand out? And I think that that's one thing I always tell people what to do. And that's one thing that to this day, I still want to make sure that we focus on, you know, make sure that everything we do, we do it in our own way or in our, with our own flow, whatever you want to call it. Michael, that's such a great point. And you've made it several times here during just this short call. Where do you think that comes from? Where do you think you got that idea to, to sort of be different and not be like everybody else? Fear. <laughs> I honestly, everything that I did with the firm at first was just fear. I mean, when I tell you that I, this terrified me, I mean, it was, and I would tell people, first of all, I was not wanting to do immigration. I wanted to be a corporate lawyer. All my externships and internships in law school were for in-house counsel. Like I, I was not touching immigration until I did that externship with DHS. That's when I really started getting, you know, accustomed to that idea. But even then I would see, you know, my ex-boss, how he had to handle everything. I was just like, I, I'm never going to be a part of that. So when I knew that it was time that it wasn't, it was no longer, at that point, it was no longer a possibility. It was more like, you have to do this because your wife needs to take care of your kids. Like she can't continue to drive an hour each way every day to go work for Coca-Cola. I figured, all right, so if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this in a different way. Like I cannot afford that this fails. I need to make sure that everything we do makes us stand out in a positive way and find ways to be different. Otherwise, we're just going to blend in. And I've just kept that mentality. I'm always sort of a, in a weird way. I think that stresses me out more. But at the same time, I'm always like on DEFCON 4 or DEFCON 5 to make sure that I'm ready for a worst case scenario. It's, it's worked. I think it's kept us afloat and it's kept us growing every year, every month, but it, it's stressful at the same time. But I think the fear of failure from the beginning was my driving factor to make sure that this worked. And I think at this point, I just kind of, you know, instilled this so much in my mind that I've just kind of never let it go. I, I won't let myself get too high or anything, even when we're doing really good and things are working out, I'm like, okay, guys, we still have to have 
plan B and plan C and plan D to make sure that nothing goes wrong or, you know, we avoid whatever we can. You can't plan for things like what happened last night, you know, with the president or obviously this whole coronavirus situation, but you can do your best when it happens and have, you know, multiple levels of, you know, I guess I don't want to say this because that, but that's just the best way I can explain it. Fear driven plans to make sure that you don't fail. So honestly, that's where I think everything just comes from, at least from me. So Michael, coronavirus aside, let's set that aside for a second. Um, what, uh, what are your long-term plans for the firm and where, where are you headed with this thing? Right now, honestly, we're kind of at a crossroads where, you know, we, I've always said that we wanted to niche down, but at the same time, the, the amount of clients that want us to handle additional aspects of, you know, law is just growing constantly. So it's, it's enticing to kind of think that we want to grow into being like an all service firm in certain areas that we keep like divorce and custody and family law. But I want to niche down to a certain degree. I think to honestly, what I keep telling my, my associates and our firm is that I want to focus more on expanding beyond the Southeast. We have clients, you know, throughout the United States because immigration is federal, but we're so locally driven that at the same time is good that we have, you know, our area where we're, you know, we know the judges and we know the officers and we're, you know, we have a good relationship to a certain degree with most of these people. But beyond that, I think where we really need to focus on is focus on what we're good at, but doing it more on a national scale. So we have more out of state clients. That's where I see us going. But at the same time, there's that, you know, sort of enticing situation where we could technically I, the the locker that I have right now is you know waiting for bar results all she did before she worked with us was family law so she knows divorce law and child custody law in and out so it's it's intriguing but at the same time I'm like I don't I don't think I want to take that step to you know expand beyond our reach so we overexert ourselves so we're we're kind of trying to tweak that up and see where we go but to me where I see us going is to try to expand beyond just focusing on the Carolinas, Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. We'll pause for a word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the hacking law practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone, they also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's M-A-X-L-A-W-1-0-0. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. We're back with Michael Urbina. He's an immigration lawyer from the Atlanta, Georgia area, originally from Puerto Rico. We're really happy to have him here. Michael, I remember meeting you and your lovely wife at the conference last year. And I know that you were one of the first people to join the guild, if not the first person to join the guild. Tell me about 
your mindset when it comes to bettering yourself, learning more, trying new things? I am an absolute nerd when it comes to trying to improve myself just because I feel that if you're not adapting, you're you're dying. I love that phrase. I think it's the best way to describe how one needs to go about doing their daily, you know, managerial tasks, but your own individual self. And I think, you know, not to have necessarily like shiny object syndrome, but I love every time that people talk about a new book or, or a new, you know, um, mastermind or anything else out there. I'm like, that, that sounds interesting. Not everything is for you, but like my wife and I, we, we kind of push each other to make sure that we keep ourselves grounded, but at the same time, always keep learning. So right now she's reading a book. I think it's a, the Bob Iger book, ex Disney slash still current CEO of Disney. <laughs> she, she's loving that book. And every time she takes a break, instead of just going down and, you know, saying hi to the kids, she's trying to read the book as much as possible. She used to want to watch all this discovery ID channel shows. Now she's just reading left and right. And to me, honestly, I just try to soak up all the content. First of all, from, you know, the guild, the actual, you know, Facebook group for Max Law, the John Fisher mastermind and Don McClure actually started this idea to do an Atlanta mini mastermind that I was a part of last year. And I've been trying to make sure that, you know, that group stays, you know, connected as much as possible. I absolutely love the idea of bringing people together to try to learn each, about each other and trying to see what everybody else is doing. I love reading, trying to improve myself. I think I might have way too many, you know, books in the pipeline at this point that I kind of, it's sort of intimidating to look at it at this point. So I've kind of, I'm attacking it, but at the same time, I, I just don't have a current plan on how I'm going to finish all these things that I have in the pipeline. But honestly, I just, I think that you have to constantly be reading, constantly be looking at things to improve yourself. Otherwise, like you said, adapt or die. Otherwise you're not going anywhere unless you're learning something. All right, Michael. So I want you to assume that tomorrow, you've already kind of woken up to this, but assume tomorrow immigration goes away. You can't do it anymore. Uh, it's, it's, it's against the law. Trump has issued an order where you cannot do it and it's not coming back. Uh, what do you do? Well, definitely expand our current criminal practice. We do mostly immigration, but we do criminal work as well. We don't do any heavy felonies or anything like that. We, we kind of, immigration interacts so much with criminal law that I realized, and even when I first started, it was immigration and we'll do a little bit of criminal work here. So I'll do DUIs and I'll do uh, no license cases, family violence, misdemeanors, things like that. Somebody calls me for a murder, I'm not your guy. But, you know, I think the one thing would be we would have to inevitably grow that part of our practice a lot, which I think we can because we constantly get calls for, you know, heavy, you know, felony and things like that. We just refer them out or turn them away just because that's not we're not equipped at this point to go into that because it would definitely conflict with our immigration practice. And that's our, you know, bread and butter. We can definitely expand our criminal practice. And like I said earlier, we were already kind of thinking about expanding a little bit into family law. So we would have to go into that area. So again, adapt or die, you have to find a way to survive and keep going no matter what. So if, if this does happen to have some major impact on our practice that we can't do anything for the foreseeable future, then we have to look into these other areas. But honestly, I, I guess we can ask Jim, but I, I saw that announcement. I haven't found anybody that really knows what the heck that means. It could be the worst. It could be nothing. I don't know. But it, it's an interesting question just because I think we have the tools in place. We just need to act quickly to deviate and just do something different. So we have the tools there. You just have to immerse ourselves into that area furthermore. 
Well, for me, if, if immigration gets shut down, I'm going to take a long break. I'm do a lot of <laughs> I got some money in the bank. I'll try to get my PPP round two. I'm going to be going to Vegas. Uh, I don't even want to think about that. I, I have spent a lot of time thinking about that, though. I know, like Michael, that I like that idea of the fear-based uh, and fear as a driver. Let's sort of assume a couple things. I mean, number one, I think it's going to be challenged in the courts. Uh, number two, there is an election coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, number three, I mean, what he's really talking about is visa uh, immigration, overseas immigration, and that's been ground to a halt anyway because of the coronavirus. So I think it's something that might play well to his base, keep him in the news for a while. You know, he can probably have one of his stupid 5 p.m. press conferences, and <laughs> and we're just going to keep doing what we do like we always do. I agree. Michael, what do you say to our members or our listeners who are struggling right now? You know, a, a lot of people find themselves, and maybe we are about to join them with practice areas that have slowed down significantly or dried up or, or just sort of struggling. What, you have such a great mindset on so many of the things that we've talked about today. I'd love to hear your message to the people who, who are struggling right now. That I think there's a great time to, you know, ground yourself and if need be reinvent yourself like a question that tyson just asked i think the best summary can be look if you absolutely have a situation where you have to think long term that this is going to be something that's going to affect you past may or june whatever it may be then you are in the absolute best position to take some time to reinvent yourself learn some new skill sets and find a way to adapt to your new situation you know it's I get it. I mean, since everything started, again, I'm very fear-driven. I, I was terrified as to what this would cause our firm, but we took it as an opportunity to learn a new skill set. And I constantly, I heard some of my paralegals and legal assistants say, hey, so so-and-so, we could do this work remotely. And I was like, oh, no way, we're not going to do any of that. And we've been 100% remote since May 13th, and we haven't skipped a beat, you know? So I think it's an opportunity for you to Think about your current skill sets, see if you can use them in a different way and sort of quote unquote reinvent yourself. Or if you have to learn new skills, then you have the absolute perfect time to do that instead of necessarily trying to catch up on Ozarks or, you know, watch a new series on Netflix or binge this or binge that. I get that, that you have to, you know, give your mind a break because I think it, I, I, I can't think of a more stressful time. And I saw a study that was talking about how sleep disorders are on the rise because of the stress of everything that's happening. But you have this opportunity, this perfect opportunity where things have slowed down and you have the chance to sort of either reinvent yourself or learn a new trade where you can really expand your practice or improve yourself as an attorney. So we always talk about working on your practice. I think you have to do a mix of both at this point. Yeah, you have to focus on working on your practice and make sure everything is flowing good. But if your practice is struggling at this point, then need to, you need to make sure that you're working in it and particularly on yourself so that you can improve your skills, expand your skills. And when all this is over, if your practice has taken a major hit, you know, on a more permanent basis, then you have a new set of skills to be able to deploy out there and show yourself as a different person. And the same, you know, clientele you have right now are going to notice. And I'm going to say, look, so, oh, so you're doing this kind of practice now or you have this new set of skills, or you're offering this new type of service, do something that makes you stand out differently from what you were doing before to make sure that you don't just blend into the background. Use the time wisely. Great advice, Michael. All right, we do need to wrap things up. Before I do, 
I want to say hello to everyone in the guild. They're watching right now. So, hey, everybody. Uh, I want to remind everyone to please join the Facebook group. There are a lot of great people in there. A lot, uh, that's how we met all these people that are in the guild. Um, there's a lot of great information being shared every single day. Uh, and then if you don't mind, take a couple seconds and go give us a five-star review. You can even, even do it while you're listening to the podcast. Uh, give us a five-star review so we can help share the love. Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? I'm reading a book and I told you the title of it and you laughed and thought that it was fake. The title of the book is The Road Less Stupid. It's by a guy named Keith Cunningham who calls himself the chairman of the board. And it's a tad bit cheesy, but there's lots of good nuggets in there. So it's, Shocker that it's a cheesy book that you're reading. Well, my books aren't usually cheesy. My books are usually woo-woo. This is cheesy. There's a difference between cheesy and woo-woo. It's this a fine line. Cheesy book, not a woo-woo book. And it's just slightly cheesy. So... Uh, Keith Cunningham calls himself the chairman of the board, but a lot of good ideas in there, uh, one of which I really enjoyed, and I'm going to go throw it out to the group right now. And it's all about thinking time and asking questions. And one of the questions was, if you got fired today as the chairman of your firm and a replacement was hired, what would be the first decision that she would make? And I think it's a great thought-provoking idea and so the book has some of those you know for me if i'm reading a book and i get three or four nuggets out of there things that i can tweak or implement i think those are good so it's a good book it's not as good as our friend john fisher's book but it is a good book it's good i, I like the question too it's a cool question all right michael what is your tip or hack of the week i would say i think there was a thread on the group that was talking about master class and i don't haven't seen this particular class mentioned but i thought it was fantastic the Chris Voss, the FBI negotiator, um, does this class on negotiating, which you would think that only applies to a specific, you know, group of us that are, you know, negotiating settlements or whatnot. But I found it to be so cool and useful for pretty much every aspect of life. And it starts out a little, you know, slow, I would say. But if you sit through the class, I, I think it gives you many different types of advice for things that you can implement in your practice how you can, you know, convince people that you're the right fit for their case if you have to do so. Or again, if you have to negotiate settlements or things in court, how to read people better. How, I mean, it's, I thought it was a fantastic class. It, I think he, it's almost ironic because he starts out so slow and it feels a little boring at first, but as he gets into it, it's super interesting. So if you, if you're looking for something to, you know, learn, but at the same time entertain yourself, if you have the master class. I strongly suggest that you do the negotiating class with Chris Boss, the FBI negotiator. Chris Boss is awesome. Yeah, his book is amazing. So that's, that's actually, every time he, he comes up on the advertisement, it, that makes me want to actually buy Masterclass. So how do it, man. All right, so my tip of the week actually has some theme music. Ready? This, this music is in th inspired by Jim Hacking. All right, and that comes from YouTube's free audio library. I just discovered this over the weekend because Amy found it. So it, it, we can use it in a lot of different things. Um, your podcast, you can use it in videos. There's a lot of different videos and sound effects. So check it out. Um, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a lot of fun, and we, we look forward to, to getting to know you more over, over the coming uh, months and years. Honestly, thanks for having me. It's been an honor. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Here, buddy. See you, bud. See you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. The Maximum Lawyer Podcast.
to stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.